Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Eric Fish with PEI Media. The accelerating pace of automation and use of artificial intelligence is dramatically changing the way we live and work. Those fastest to adapt will enjoy the greatest dividends, and this is becoming especially true for private equity firms and their portfolio companies. Anubhav Saxena is Executive Vice President of Partnerships, Strategy, and Operations at Automation Anywhere, a developer of robotic process automation software. At PEI's recent Operating Partners Forum Europe, held in London, Saxena discussed how firms can utilize automation technologies to accelerate equity value creation in portfolio companies, and how they can build digital workforces. He began by describing robotic process automation. The question that we had was, when we started the firm, was even after 20 years, why are business processes so manual? That's how we started the company 20 years ago. And little did we know that, you know, about, uh, about the time that we would raise the largest Series A round ever, raised by any, any company on the planet. Uh, so we raised uh, $550 million uh, in Series A last year, and we will actually try and go through why, uh, you know, we were valued based on, you know, I mean, why were we valued the way we were. But the one question that we were trying to answer was, even after 20 years, why are business processes and IT processes so manual? We have uh, millions of people who come to work every day that act as human connections uh, between systems. So let's say I actually work for you and I actually uh, come to the organization and we have SAP, we have Sage, we have Infor, we have all kinds of applications inside. And you know, the, the promise of automation was that the systems would be able to talk to each other. And those systems don't talk to each other. So I show up in your organization and I act as a human connector actually connecting the systems. I'm capturing some data from one system, enriching some data from another, validating, processing, analyzing, or reporting that, uh, that entire system. So we kind of said to ourselves, the, uh, the best thing to think about is uh, how do I actually you know, link these systems together? And I, and I can actually go out and actually hire a lot of developers to actually go out and actually make the systems talk to each other. Now, that actually, as in the last 20 years, has just resulted in about 20% of automation. Uh, and we said that, look, if you have to get about 80% of automation to actually happen and get systems to talk to each other, we'll have to hire 6 billion people on the planet and make them all developers. The question is, how many of us want to actually be a programmer? How many of us want to actually become a developer? So we said, forget it. No one wants to become a developer. At least I don't want to want, uh, actually become one again. Uh, so we said, let's just get uh, hundreds and millions of people to come every day to make you know, those systems talk to each other. And by, by actually bringing these hundreds and millions of people in every day, we'll be able to get the systems to connect with each other. And actually, uh, we will be able to get to about 80% of automation. But how sustainable is that? Right? I, as a person in your organization, would show up and try and connect the systems. I'd get bored of doing it because humans are not built to actually do something like that. And then I would quit and leave. And then you would actually go to the market to find somebody like me to hire me uh, to actually go through the whole thing again. So not only am I a, an, um, actually an expensive resource, but I'm a, uh, I'm a resource that would actually get bored very quickly because humans were not built to do this. And I would actually leave uh, um, actually the organization. So the way we thought about this was, you know, rather than have me sit down on a computer and actually try and automate stuff, what I would do is I would actually put an agent on your desktop or your laptop, and I would actually record the mouse clicks or the keyboard strokes that you were actually making. And in the process, I would actually build a bot. 
And the bot is nothing but a software replica of who I am and uh, what I end up doing so that in the future, if I chose to leave, you would have a replacement. It just wouldn't be a human replacement. It would be a digital replacement. So as we actually move forward, we actually saw that, you know, that this was a huge market for us only because you know, humans weren't built to do this. Uh, if they were doing it, they didn't want to do it, they would eventually leave and you would actually have bots walk in and actually do the stuff. So that's what we call as robotic process automation and that's how we started about uh, 15, 16 years ago. Now, something actually interestingly happened. Very interestingly, what happened was that the amount of IT intensity started to increase. And when the IT intensity started to increase, the, the gap between what should be automated and what was being automated started to increase. So we started seeing more and more licenses actually going in where the folks started to actually automate all of this using RPA. So again, what we did was we actually put software uh, on, your, on your desktop or your laptop and that started to actually mimic human operations and that's how it really started. Now, once it started, something interesting happened that you started to look at you know, manual labor work together with those bots. So it's, it's, it's a phenomenon you've seen in the Industrial Revolution 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. When the farming industry in 1900s brought a tractor in, they actually automated it. So textiles, they brought in automated looms. Uh, you know, that was when uh, you know, they started automation. You, talk, you, you actually talk about the car industry that went through uh, you know, the assembly line and started to automate how they built cars. So this was not very different from what we had seen prior. Every industry goes through automation. Every industry goes through a revolution. This is our industry, which is IT and BPO, as we call it, that actually is starting to get automated. It will not take more than 100 years like the previous industries to get automated. This happens fairly quickly. This is going to happen in the next three years, and I'm going to share with you the trends uh, that we, uh, we are seeing. Now, uh, interestingly, what happened was that the human workforce and the digital workforce actually started to work together. Just like you have humans and machines working together in other industries, we started seeing uh, that particular change happen. So the largest call centers, contact centers, the largest IT shops, the largest business process outsourcing firms actually started to what we call as bot source. So you had a phenomenon which is called as outsource. Then we had offshore. So we outsource the jobs. We offshore the jobs to low-cost countries. Now we bring the jobs all back. Uh, and that's what we call as the automation uh, piece that actually happens across the industry. And we're seeing that actually happen as we speak. So it is actually industry agnostic because what it does is it actually uh, you know, kind of uh, captures, um, enriches, validates, processes, analyzes, and reports through, through the screen. So once you're sitting on the screen and you have somebody who's actually uh, automating this whole thing, it doesn't matter which process they're trying to automate which industry they're operating in, because again, it's actually industry agnostic. It actually integrates uh, through the screen. Uh, and then it's process and function agnostic. It leads to something very interesting. It leads to the point where you get traditional 20% integration between the software. Now with this RPA, what we call as robotic process automation, you're able to integrate more and more applications, which means that the number of people that you need to actually integrate these actually dramatically drop. There's a straight line between what portfolios actually, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, what the PE firms actually want to get done and, um, and actually what the port codes are doing, right? So the PE firms want to actually ensure there's revenue growth, there is EBITDA margin creation, uh, and that the, that the port code is, is actually becoming uh, you know, a digital enterprise. And in a single stroke, they're, they're actually able to do that, right? Uh, there, is, uh, there is this clear value creation because 
the, the, the portfolio company ends up becoming a digital enterprise. And by becoming a digital enterprise, there are new revenue sources, there are new EBITDA margin creation that actually takes place. And it happens over a very finite amount of time. It can happen within two quarters of actually implementing this. So the foundation is before you would have 5,000 people with no bots running in your, uh, in your enterprise at a cost of about 75 million, processing about 10 million uh, transactions. After you would have 3,500 with about 500 machines or what we call as bots working. Uh, the cost base drops dramatically. And of course, you know, the number of transactions goes up uh, immensely. More importantly, what happens is that you now start to create, uh, you now start to create a digital enterprise, which is, which is extremely important because ultimately what's happening is your, your portfolio companies have customers and the customers expect the portfolio companies to have a very rich experience. So imagine this, I go to buy a house and I go to a mortgage firm to lend me money and they ask me to fill up a form and, and actually tell me, come back in four weeks and you know, best of luck, we might give you the money or we might not. Compare that to an app where you can actually go in and actually click, make a submission on the app, and within two minutes you know if you're approved or not. Which one would you go to, right? So this is actually a point in time where Netflix, uh, you know, did it to Blockbuster. Uh, we actually uh, got several examples. I mean, Uber is doing this right now, by the way. Um, uh, and, and, and so every industry will move to a digital enterprise. So not only does it help becoming a digital enterprise, what also helps is that you're able to create uh, material cost reduction, you're able to create material revenue growth, uh, you know, drivers in the system. So, and that leads to a furious adoption of 80% of the world's largest. So across any industry, if you actually look at this, uh, the, this chart, uh, you know, the largest countries, uh, the largest companies, uh, you know, globally have actually gone ahead and actually furiously adopted this as we speak. Uh, and the software has been deployed in more than 120 countries. Now, that is the foundation of a digital enterprise, um, as it happens. It, it leads to sustainable operations because machines don't make errors like humans do. Uh, machines actually work based on the rules that you actually set them up with. Uh, and clearly, uh, they work 24 by 7 by 365. So here, is, uh, so here is the hypothesis. Anything that's available at one-tenth the cost that works 10 times faster and results in 10 times higher growth uh, will actually make it into a billion dollar company. Look at Netflix, right? Uh, you know, 9.99, you can do binge watching. Uh, you don't have to go back and return a DVD. Uh, you don't have to end up paying late fees, uh, so on and so forth. Amazon promised a two day delivery model, now moving to a one day delivery model, now moving to a one hour delivery model, if they can. Um, now, now, would you walk to a retailer and play it and actually pay 30 or 40% higher? Or actually, would you just uh, try and order on Amazon? So anything that has got digital, uh, it's frictionless and happens in real time actually creates a very large, uh, uh, a, a very large valuation company. So what we're seeing is that uh, as firms, uh, P's and Portco's go ahead and actually adopt this, uh, you know, they, they actually have much more sustainable operations, much more lower cost operations, higher amounts of insights, and of course, you know, higher growth drivers. Uh, as we see. And then you actually move to something called as from productivity. What starts as I want to have improved productivity, the, the entire discussion starts to actually move around, uh, uh, around progress. Uh, and it actually ends up making work more human. Yeah. So, so that, was the, that was the whole thing around robotic process automation. Uh, something is very interesting that's actually happening, and I'll share a personal story with you. 
so I actually live in, uh, in San Francisco, uh, been there for about 18 years, and uh, help is hard to find. So uh, occasionally, over the weekend, I'm really bad at that, I pick up a broom and start sweeping the house. And my wife actually comes to me and she says, one, you shouldn't do it because you don't do a good job. Uh, two, is that you know, that's not why I married you, right? Uh, now, um, but I still do it. Now, one fine day on, on an anniversary, I go and I buy a Roomba, right? One of those robotic vacuums. And so what does she say to me? Does she say, oh my God, you bought a Roomba? You were supposed to clean the house and why, do, why did you get a robot? Or does she say, uh, thanks for doing it. It does a much better job than you. By the way, you are not built for it. And now we can spend more time together. Now, if she says the former, I have a problem. If she says the latter, then that's what I expected, right? So, you know, the, the point is humans over the last few hundreds of years have actually always taken the human intellect uh, to actually achieve greater things. And they've taken the robotic part of their jobs and actually created that into a machine. Think of the tractor, think of a car, think of your computer, think of your phone. Everything that's actually robotic is gonna be done by a machine at some point in time, this is no different. So the vision is how do you actually enable human intellect to achieve greater things by taking the robot out of the human and actually putting it into, uh, um, actually putting human-like intelligence into the bot and actually running with it. So the question that I started with was, uh, what, what was it that actually uh, made us get so far? Uh, we raised uh, a Series A round of $550 million. Uh, it is the largest ever across any industry. The question is why? Uh, so that's, of course, the past, uh, looking to the future. Uh, the reason was because uh, everything that can be automated will be automated. We actually believe in that. And we believe in a concept called as the future of work. Let me actually explain this to you because this is coming at you extremely, uh, extremely fast. There are three kinds of people that you end up hiring. People that do, people that think, people that report and analyze, and then they have coffee, yeah? So there are three uh, products that actually uh, end up uh, kind of mimicking uh, the workforce, uh, and there is no coffee, right? Uh, these are bots that actually get installed, that actually do, it's called as RPA. There is something called as think, it's called as IQ bot, which is actually cognitive and then they actually report what they're doing. So, uh, and that actually ends up forming a part of your digital workforce. So your human workforce works very closely, hand in hand, with a digital worker. Um, I have clients like FedEx, Humana, et cetera, that show up and they talk about Susie, or they talk about Melissa. And Susie and Melissa are not humans like us. They're actually digital workers that they've actually installed that do HR work. Now, HR, for example, is the best love profession, right? Uh, everyone likes HR. Everyone likes to work with HR workers. Uh, you, you, you normally miss your payrolls. You miss your bonuses. You, you, you miss several things. Uh, so they decided to go after HR in the first instance and actually make them into a bot. Now, they get everything paid on time. Uh, they work 24 by 7, and you get a chance to say what you want to them, and they respond back in the way you expect them to. Uh, so, you know, that's actually the function that gets automated first. So we have HR workers, which are actually have human names, but they're actually digital bots working in the background. The next, uh, the next function that, that actually gets automated is finance, right? That's another function, right? Your CFO, you know, uh, all the best. I know, I know how my CFO is. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there's, you know, um, you, you actually end up getting, you know, general ledger, AP, et cetera, 
all getting automated. So what starts with a back-end automation actually then moves into the front office because your customers expect the same level of service from a, 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 actually from a human, but they get a higher level of service from a machine. So again, if you look at the digital workforce for the modern enterprise, it works very closely with the humans as we speak. Um, it is actually a, a complete uh, workforce. So you actually set up a digital foundation using RPA, and then you have cognitive, you have bot insights, you have people who come as contractors. By 2025, 25% of the workforce will be a contracted workforce. So you should have digital workers available uh, that can be downloaded. Uh, we actually did this. We took all of North America's banking uh, reconciliations uh, from, from the ATMs that takes you know, more than two million people hours to actually process. And we process this with 3,000 bots with actually a click. So one click, 3,000 bots come into production. They actually uh, you know, process uh, all the ATM reconciliations. They go back into the cloud, there's zero footprint. So that's actually the gig economy or the contracted economy, and that's why we have that. And interestingly, what happens is, with more than a million digital workers out there, people actually find out that they can actually reuse those digital workers. So I have created a digital worker, you have created a digital worker. Why not you know, put them onto the bot store uh, where you know, other people can actually download this? So that actually creates a very different economy as we speak. Let's say Melissa is an, uh, is an HR digital worker that I am using. Melissa processes payroll. There's no reason why Melissa can't be servicing you. Right? So in human employment, Melissa is actually hired into the organization. Melissa actually ends up doing that. But in the bot world, in the digital world, Melissa is reusable and Melissa is available as a service. So Melissa goes and sits on the bot store and she can be downloaded. And that actually leads to a very interesting next step, uh, which is something like this. So you have a bot store that can actually get all kinds of bots that's downloadable. Now, let's say I actually work for you and you pay me, I'll just make a number. $30,000 a year, yeah? And I'm the worst employee you've ever found uh, on the planet. Uh, I don't do my job uh, well. Uh, I'm always on Facebook, et cetera. And, uh, and, and you actually say, you know, what does Anubhav do, right? You know, he's got these skills, he says. He works on these applications. He's got these processes, et cetera. Doesn't do any of that. You have an option to go to the bot store and actually download some, some levels of automation to actually do what I do because I was just trying to do either a payroll, I was trying to do a general ledger, I was trying to do something, you can actually do that. But what if you actually ended up doing something else? What if I am an accounts payable uh, worker, I work for you, the example, I'm going back there. What if uh, I left and you said, good riddance, he's gone. Uh, you would actually do, you do a few things. You would actually write down the role that I did. You would write down the skills that you want you'd write down a job description and you would take a few weeks uh, interviewing people. What if you actually went to the bot store and actually wrote accounting? What if you actually found that there was a significant alternative that you could actually not only take smart automations and download them, but you could actually hire an AP clerk? What if you actually went in and actually had a LinkedIn profile of the AP clerk? This is not a human, this is a digital worker. And this particular work would say that, look, I can do these skills my experience is I've been hired 500 times, I've been downloaded 100 times, I have a, uh, I have a rating of four and a half out of five, and you can try me or you can hire me. Now, compared to that, I am 10 times more expensive. I've been hired once, I've been fired once, right? You don't want another nightmare to have a person like me as a part of your team anymore, but you have a digital assistant that you can actually download. So the future of work is actually gonna change dramatically 
uh, only because you know these digital workers are here and there now. There are the largest software companies in the world are actually partnering with us to create these digital workers. So in the US, there's a tax season. Uh, it was in April. Uh, we were all running to actually pay our taxes. The way we do our taxes is either you download software and write your own tax, or you download the software and, and actually hire a CPA to actually make your taxes. The future is that the software guy is actually going to have a digital worker coming as a part of the software. You don't have to buy the software. You just have to tell them that, look, um, you know, point to your databases, point to your target systems, and they will actually prepare your tax and actually file it for you as a service. And uh, so the future, uh, as we see it, based on, uh, based on every conversation we are having, is going to be a future where you won't have to buy software, you won't have to hire people for the service, you will get it with the software that's actually downloadable. Um, Microsoft's doing it, Salesforce is doing it, IBM is doing it, Workday is doing it. Uh, all the largest players that you're actually working with are actually doing it as we speak. Uh, the AP clerk, which is the replacement of me in this example, will come with uh, pre-skills, will come with training, will be able to actually process, it will be a pre-trained brain. And by the way, if you ask them what they're doing, they will actually tell you. Uh, you know, other than a person like me who was 10 times the cost not doing anything and was not even reporting, uh, you know, that level of work. So uh, by 2020, this is something very interesting. So we have a million digital workers out there. By 2020, there'll be 3 million digital workers out in the marketplace. And just like Uber is the largest taxi company, doesn't own a car, Airbnb is the largest hotel chain, doesn't own a room, we'll be the largest employer. We just not own an employee, we'll share our employees with our customers. So again, uh, this, is, uh, this is actually happening as we speak. Uh, how large is this disruption and how quickly is this showing up? So in 2016, uh, McKinsey was asked a question and they said that how many jobs will actually get automated? Uh, and they actually said that you know, uh, 110 to 150 million human jobs will get automated by 2025. Let me tell you how fast this has actually changed. It's gonna happen by 2021. Uh, this is moving faster than we can imagine. It's coming to us only because uh, technology gets better over time. Uh, it gets proven. Uh, most of the port cores that actually uh, end up buying the software ends up buying more uh, and deploying them, and it becomes a self-funding transformation. So this, this uh, activity, uh, both by PE firms, port cores, or any other enterprise uh, that may not belong to a PE firm, uh, is actually uh, you know, enjoying this. Every hour, there are two net new logos that we are signing across the globe. So this is coming at, uh, at us even faster than we thought uh, was gonna happen. How, how big is this? Uh, this is a McKinsey chart. So when we actually got digital music, uh, you know, the digital music industry changed your CDs and your radios and your recorders, et cetera, right? Uh, that market actually was uh, only about a $50 billion market. That was digital music. If you look at uh, Google, you look at any publishing uh, uh, you know, organization in the world, that market, the digital media market, is actually half a trillion dollars. If you look at the humans that come into work, uh, that actually is a $10 trillion thing waiting to happen. So out of $90 trillion in the world, $10 trillion is actually humans who show up to work every day doing this mundane stuff. Uh, not anything that anyone in this room does, uh, but you know, this is people, they, they, these are people who actually sit down and actually capture, enrich, validate, process, analyze, report. They're actually just uh, trying to make the systems talk to each other. Uh, that's about 10 trillion. Even if half of it can be automated and we get 20% of what uh, is actually getting automated, we are actually headed to actually being a trillion dollar uh, you know, organization. 
uh, as we speak. And that's, and that's the reason why the Series A was 550 million and there's more actually that you will actually see. Here's what's, what, what's actually happening. By 2020, uh, this started out in 2016, 2018, et cetera. 2018, we had a million digital workers uh, deployed. By 2020, we hit 3 million digital workers. And by uh, 2023, there are about 20 million digital workers that will actually be on the planet. These are digital assistants. These are digital colleagues. Um, and with open arms, you know, we're, we're hoping that you will actually accept them. Uh, a lot of people actually asked me and they said that, look, what will humans do? Yeah. So we said, look, humans are not built for this. So humans will end up uh, appreciating art. Uh, humans will end up appreciating things that they want to do. This is what happened in the London Symphony. And uh, if you could just play this music for me. Thank you. This was, uh, you know, what we thought was we would end up creating great music. This is great music, right? Um, this, this, this music piece was actually created by a bot. And this is performed by humans. So uh, go back to the movies that we have seen, Matrix, etc., Terminator, whatever. Uh, it's happening. Um, this was actually created by a bot. They actually wrote the music. They gave it to humans to play it. And it was such great music, it was recorded in the London Symphony. Uh, it's called as IMS. Okay? So we're reaching a point where you know, this is moving so fast that you're having digital workers come at you, but you're also having them do what we thought we would end up doing. Uh, there are documents written by bots. Uh, and the question is, you know, have you ever seen something like this before? Yeah? And uh, the answer is yes, we have. Uh, remember this. I'm going to give you a few minutes to read it. Folks actually said that uh, the beginning of the end of life entertainment and human connections, you know, when the first movie theater actually opened, people said that, uh, oh, it's going to end. You know, nobody's going to actually sit down and look at a ply plywood box that was their TV. You know, anything that needs uh, 250 million people to be retrained will not happen. That was the internet. Uh, you know, it's just a great gimmick. It's just a gimmick. It's not art. That was when the first talkies actually started with movies which had sound in it. So we have seen changes like this happen before, where everyone has actually said, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, let's sit down. Let's wait for it. Uh, and, uh, and just like Victor Hugo said, uh, you know, uh, nothing is more powerful that, than an idea whose time has come. Uh, how long will it take to reach 50 million users? You know, it took the airline 64 years to hit 50 million users. It took all these industries so many times. Pokemon went to 50 million users in 19 days. How fast is this going to actually hit? You know, you know, you can actually make that estimate. Uh, but you know, even the TVs took about 22 years to hit 50, 50 million users. And uh, the trends in the hist history actually tell us that this, that this point is actually going to get repeated all over again. I mean, I can call them trends, but this is what history has taught us. Uh, and there will be actually uh, you know, weak toys to, to actually very useful tools. I actually was having lunch with uh, Gary Kasparov, who used to be a, a, grand, uh, you know, uh, a grandmaster. <laughs> Um, actually on chess and uh, you, you know his words of wisdom were you know when he lost to Deep Blue uh, you know he was very depressed and uh, he still claims to me that uh, he actually won the first game uh, he kept losing afterwards uh, because you know the machines only get better over time and uh, he hasn't overcome his depression yet but anyways uh, you know in the end it's not it's not bots that will change the world in the end it's people that actually change the world
and uh, you know uh, we still believe in 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 and actually in human potential and what humans can do and so i'm going to leave you with a question what is your role going to be as this thing approaches so fast and so furiously at you what will you do uh, how will you help uh, you know uh, based on the role that you're performing how will you help your pe firms how will you help your firms how will you help your portfolio companies how will you help anyone and everyone who's actually uh, you know get uh, will actually get impacted by this that again was anubhav saxena speaking at the operating partners forum europe if you want to hear more episodes of the spotlight podcast you can find us on itunes stitcher podbean and across pei media's various titles online thanks for listening